All right, welcome back to the Creator Club podcast. You're here with John Marsh. I hope you had a great weekend. If you are a coach or creative business owner on the show, we teach you the key skills to attract dream clients into your business, learn to love your sales and selling process, and grow your business with confidence. All right, today we have a conversation with Francis Brown from FKB Physio. Francis is building a physiotherapy practice in Queensland, in Australia. And we talk about her entry into business, her backstory, how she got started, how she set up her current practice. So she's working out of two locations now. And also the approach that she takes to her work, which is quite different to a lot of other physiotherapists. And we have a big conversation about this because this is something that I love as well. Francis has a lot of uh, very strong beliefs in the power of, uh, I guess, us as a human, our ability to heal, our ability to restore health, uh, to rehabilitate uh, through injuries or pain, our ability to be strong and resilient. And she practices what she preaches as well. So she is a keen lifter, weightlifter and powerlifting and she also runs some really cool classes. She gets people from all ages, strength training, uh, doing basic plyometric work, building bone density, uh, all, the way th- all the way through older age groups as well, older populations. And it's a really cool approach and something that really resonated with me uh, personally. But anyway, let's jump into the episode. You'll hear about her backstory, her business, and we also talk a little bit about organizing, networking, and marketing, and using that as a tool to build your business. All right, this is John Marsh. You're here with the Creative Club Podcast, and today on the show, we have Francis Brown from FKB Physio. So I've been a physio since 2010, um, and I guess when I graduated young, like 21, 22, worked for private practice business owners in Brisbane and then Melbourne, and didn't love it and felt that um, it was a bit more about, I guess, the practices making revenue and hanging on to clients who might not need it, which I didn't really love, and short appointment times and just sort of really burnt out from it. Mm -hmm. So I moved to the UK for like a working holiday. So to have fun, but I did have a job I could do there. And so when I worked there as a physio, interestingly, working for the government, Um, the monetary pressure was off so I could see what that felt like. And then I worked at a private hospital that had really long appointments of an hour and I could see what that felt like. So I got sort of like all these different perspectives. And then I moved to Kuwait, which is in the Middle East. And it was my first chance to um, do things a little bit on my own. It was in a gym and the owner of the gym said, we want to start a physio department in the gym. Um, You can, you come across and, do that for us basically. And I also teach Les Mills like group fit classes and the gym taught those. So it was a good way to to do both. And so that gave me a taste of what it would be like to do things more on my terms because there was no other physios there. And that's how I met Alex because she came about six months later to work there as well. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And so then when I came home, I'd had all those sort of past experiences. I knew that having my own thing was my end goal. And I just had a look at some job ads when I came home and I just, I almost felt 
traumatized. I don't want to like overuse that word, but I felt honestly, I felt like panic when I read them because it reminded me so much of those past jobs. And I'm like, I can't, I just can't do this. Um, and I just thought, okay. And then I just kind of, by chance, I was on a walk. This was, this was COVID. So I came home at March, 2020 because of COVID from Kuwait. Okay. I I came home unintentionally to wait out COVID. And then I just kind of. Okay. So you, you did a close down there and then you came, you, like you saw what was going on. No. Yeah. So it was literally like, I remember it was a Wednesday night and they said, we're going to close the airport at midnight on Thursday, pretty much. And I was, I was meant to go on holidays anyway. And I just needed a break so badly. I'm thinking, I think I'm going to go anyway. Alex was a lot smarter than me. And Alex was like, we are not staying in this country in a pandemic. We are getting out of here. That was the right attitude. Um, I'm so glad I left because the gyms were closed there for five months. It would have been a disaster. Disaster. Um, so thank, thank goodness I left. Um, and then, yeah, I just kind of was on a walk in my area and I walked past this standalone PT studio near my parents' house. And I thought, oh, you know, that could be good to just kind of rent a room there. Um, I'll just keep that in mind. And I think even at that point, I just sent them an email out of interest kind of just to get an idea you know, if I was to rent here, what would that look like? And I met the owner of the gym and his wife and we just had a casual chat and then everything kind of locked down because of COVID and I got a job working in the hospital because they were sort of desperate. Um, And again, I guess that gave me a chance to see what it might be like to work for the government in Australia. And there was a chance really for that to continue. But I just, over those months, I just started forming, I just like ideas kind of formed. And I had this, I remember sitting in the car with my parents and I said to them, you know, maybe I could run this business and I could, you know, I wrote out the structure of how things much, how much things would cost and like little group exercise class ideas. And I realized that just renting a room in a gym wasn't really very expensive. And so, and I was living at home. So I'm like, all right, I'm just going to see when the lockdown ends, I'll just, Float the idea with the gym owner. Can I rent the space for six months and just see how it goes? Worst thing that happens, I just lose six months rent. Mm-hmm. And he was open to it. And that's it. That was the beginning. That was how the did beginning. you find how did you find that first six months? Um so I also decided to start doing a master's at the same time as you do in sports medicine. I guess because um meeting the physios at the hospital, I really got inspired by how smart they were, to be honest. And I thought it's been 10 years since I've been to uni. This would be a good way to like consolidate things and give me something to do while I'm waiting for the business to pick up. So it's really hard for me to distinguish between them in my mind. Um, But what was surprising was a lot of my clients from Kuwait who did online exercise kind of ongoing stayed with me and my mum and her friends all came to start doing bone density classes. And those two things uh, at least paid the rent. So I had this thing there that I wouldn't have even guessed, but it was basically this consistent that goes on now, this consistent thing that at least enabled the business to survive. And I think at that time I also would kind of hang out in the gym a fair bit and, um, the owner of the gym was really awesome. He would refer me all these people for injuries. So, uh, and I like volunteered with a local rugby league team and I just tried to get myself out there a bit, which got the ball rolling, I'd say. Yeah. Six months. Yeah. 
So do you want to talk about, because your, your physio practice from obviously what surface level I know, not having gone in and seen you, right? But watching your content, talking to you, listening to you, uh, you know, I know you do uh, a fair bit of strength training as well. You just mentioned the bone density classes and the fitness classes as well, kind of in your background. Could you talk a little bit about the type of business that you've created? Like what, what you do as a physio, who you work with and how you sort of, you know, because there's a lot, as you said earlier, there's a lot of different types of physiotherapy and what do you do and how does your world sort of sit in all of that? Um, okay. So I think the thing was that when I, I guess when I stopped working in Australia, it was just gradual journey. Um, when I worked in the UK, I worked with chronic pain patients and Mm -hmm. they are a different, they are different. And I'd actually never met this type of patient in Australia because of the fact that people seeking care in Australia are seeking out private paid care. There's this, it's this interesting thing where these people receiving um, unpaid healthcare, like free healthcare. It was just this different pe- cohort I've never met. Yeah. And to be honest, they're not, they're not, I haven't really met them here again either, but it just gave me this exposure and basically showed me how much traditional physio has let them down. And lots of them had had physio for two or three years and I'd hear what they'd done. And it just was, it was like chasing your tail. Like they just treat the symptoms over and over and over and they'd never get the person back to doing stuff they liked. It was always just, oh, you're in pain, let's treat the pain. And it was never, okay, can, what about if we try and actually figure out all the stuff you've stopped doing and try and get you back to it gradually? The pain is there, but let's okay, try yeah. to slowly build it back, which sounds strange because you'd think we need to manage the pain first. But in some cases where it's been going for ages, it's actually like, no, actually, we need to start just trying to get you back to doing stuff and yeah. at least get that side covered. Um, so that started. And then when I worked in the gym in Kuwait and got really into powerlifting myself, and I'm seeing these people doing these extremely hard, challenging, strong exercises. And I'm thinking of your stereotypical physio exercise that we prescribe and got taught at uni that were so light. And I'm thinking, how is this going to prepare for that? And it just, again, questioned everything. Then I found Adam Meekins, who's my idol physio, and he basically you know, had the same thoughts and fully changed his practice as a result. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's sort of shaped where I am now, which is that I guess I'm more about really trying to get people back to what they want to do Mm. as opposed to just trying to treat their symptoms. And so like a lot of people might go, oh, my neck's a bit stiff. I'm just going to go see the physio and they'll give me a bit of a massage and that'll fix it. And that's fine. But I, I, don't really do that. It's more so people that have tried lots of different, they've tried that and it didn't get better and their sort of world has shrunk around their pain a bit and they really want to find a way to get back. Mm. So it's that um, and it's showing people what they can do. Like it's often quite exciting. Like it's the same concept for lots of different things, but say someone who has acute back pain and they think it's terrible, which it, it hurts so much, but there's often a huge amount of stuff they can still do. Yeah. And so we generally go out on the gym floor and we find it. And then you can see they sort of go, oh, I can still do that. You know, that's surprising. Um, so the, it's kind of that. And then the other side of it is the, the bone density strength kind of classes, 
which has a similar idea, I guess, but it's 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 trying to improve people's bone density, which involves lifting heavy weights and jumping, which again are often things physio tell people not to do, mm-hmm. but I'm telling them to do it slowly, safely. And that's really cool as well, because you get these women in their 60s who've never haven't done anything like that in a long time. And then they come and they can find they can like lift these heavy weights and yeah, yeah, yeah. They feel all like accomplished. Yeah. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, that's cool. I remember um the first time when I, I used to do triathlons a long time ago and I had this Achilles injury and it wasn't going away. And I was, I was a really good runner in the sport. Like I knew my running technique was good. I went to this physio and it was at the Institute of Sport, the New South Wales Institute. And this older guy saw me and he did exactly, it was just happened to be this one guy. I don't know if it was the whole institution or whatever, but this one dude, he did exactly what you said uh, in terms of, it was like just zeroed in on the, the pain. Hmm. and i don't know he gave me a piece of paper with some scribbles on it it was like stuff around the achilles and i was like it's like yeah don't run and you know it's these sorts of things i went away and it just didn't it didn't really do anything besides some like very short term Hmm. maybe some a little bit of relief and then Hmm. i met this other guy and his name was uh blair martin but he was a athlete he was an adventure racer and triathlete and he he goes i walk in and i'm like my achilles has been bad he goes let me see you run for a second and i ran he goes it's not you running and he's like show me your bike and then he got the bike and looked at the bike cleats mm. anyway it was the first time that i had experienced that as a customer a physio who was like oh let me see the bigger picture real quick and he ended up moving my bike cleats and giving some strength work and it was like I went back six weeks later, it was a plan and I felt strong and it was just totally Mm. different experience. So I get what you're saying from the other side. Um, My question, do you know, would there be customers or clients who don't like that approach? Like they just want to look at the shoulder and there's pain still there and it's kind of more tactical on that side? Um, Yeah. And so that's like, that's part of the reason why I didn't want to work in another clinic anymore because um it's very hard to shift like if you get someone who's been going to a physio for 20 years and their experience of physio is they have a pain they go to physio they get a massage or dry needle or whatever and they're told to rest or something or very basic like theraband exercise and that's what they're expecting or they have like recurrent back pain that Mm. comes every six months and they come and get a, a essentially a massage on it um i i i can't do it anymore and every clinic, well, not every, but most physio clinics have this group of patients that are that are going to expect that going there. And if you do my approach with them, they would walk away and think that I did nothing. Did nothing, yeah. But they'd be like, oh, but she didn't do anything. She, you know, she talked to me a lot and she took me on the gym floor and we did exercises, but she didn't treat me. Yeah, I always yeah. make sure I do a physical exam, like a very thorough exam to make sure that people know that I'm checking and we're monitoring Um and I mean that, so the thing is like that has not happened to me once with my business because of how I've, it's interesting, but it's, it's how I've marketed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would say I've had a handful of people who've come from Google who had that expectation and we were able to turn it around within a few sessions, like sort of meet them where they're at. 
but narrative different. So sort of say, I'm going to do this hands-on release work for, for temporary pain relief, but this won't fix you. Very clear. Yeah. And I always bring them on the gym floor and make sure that's a big part of the treatment. So, and that seems to work quite well, mm. but at least I'm not fighting against, like, I know that the people that want the other thing, um, if they read my website, I think they must be able to tell that it's not what they want because it just hasn't, I just haven't had them. And I yeah. guess the word of mouth, I've noticed that when people come, they sort of go, yeah, they know. And they they say, oh, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I've given up on physios, but my friend told me, oh, no, no, Francis is different. So that's like, yeah, cool. That's nice. Yeah. So how important is your experience that you've had in your lifting and the powerlifting and your training in terms of the work that you do now, like, you know, the bone density stuff. And you said you've got people who are a bit older and they're jumping and lifting weights and stuff. Like, was a lot of that informed from your own because you're lifting pretty, you can lift pretty heavy weight, right? So you've had a lot of experience. Did that sort of shift it for you as well? Um, it's yeah, it, it did. So I think the thing was that about five years ago, this research came out from someone in Brisbane about um, bone density, and they designed this um, strength program that showed they showed that it improved bone density and. If I hadn't been working, like when I was in Kuwait, I started working with a personal trainer and I also did a personal training course. Mm -hmm. Even though I've been training in the gym for years, I didn't know how much there is to it. Like it's obviously really complex. That's why it's people's whole jobs. And so just that idea of programming and, you know, what strength training really looks like, it really helped the bone density program. It's essentially like a five by five, like mm -hmm. it's five by five squat deadlift, that sort of thing. And so it helped me to know I could implement it because I'd had that um, hands-on experience, but also personal experience. And I think it does help in the classes because I know how it feels because I do it yeah. all the time. Yeah. Um, and I guess the ladies who come, they've said that uh, because, well, it's because I have the freedom to, I change, you know, I program it. Like we do a program for till they've done it four times, three different days and then we change it. Mm -hmm. And they're sort of like, oh, there's this great variety in there. And, you know, because yeah, I'm programming it how my coach programs me. So I think that's really good. And the other thing it has been to learn how much the human body is not fragile. That's like the biggest thing for me because I yeah. guess. Yeah, can you, can you talk about that? You did that post the other day and I was supposed to talk to you about it because I really loved it where it was like, you know, belief's not going to heal your pain or it's not – Belief yeah. isn't like the thing, but if you don't believe, yeah. like the yeah. the trade is like crazy. Like you really want to be believing in yourself. Yeah. Um, is that sort of related? Yeah. So I think the thing is like my, it sounds a bit ridiculous, but my number one tip for rehab or pain is at least if you really believe that your body is really strong and resilient and will get better, it's the best tool you have because Okay, easy for me to say as mm. a relatively young, healthy person who's not in pain, but if I get a pain, I honestly can approach it with curiosity and just sort of go, oh, I wonder why that's sore. I know it will get better. So let's just, I wonder why. Um, so I can see how helpful it is if you're fully invested in that mindset. It's really helpful because I know the vast majority of injuries I could get 
it'll be fine. I'll get better from them. And so it makes it easier to go through the rehab if you know for sure that at the end you'll be fine. And most people don't have that. Like most of my patients go, they think, this is it. Like they sort of think, oh, that's it now. Like because it feels so structural. Like if yeah. if your leg is bad or your back is bad, it's like this is forever. They think everyone <laughs> just Ever, goes, it's like that's it how forever. it feels. Yeah. yeah, it does. And and in those first six weeks from injury, because it's often incredibly sore. Mm. Yeah, I've really, had that all the time. Yeah, you, you they, start projecting, and you're like, oh, this is going to be a really tough year. They panic, and and you know it. It's, I have to keep trying to tell them I, it's at six weeks, it's so very likely to be um, better than it is now. So that's part of it. But the other thing is that if you know that pain doesn't mean you're causing damage, it's easier to get better as well. And a lot of people with chronic pain, it's that they have a pain and then they sort of avoid using that body part but then it becomes very sensitive because it's not being used. And so then every time they go to use it, it feels sore and that can become really persistent. And if you believe that it's persistent because it's damaged, it, it's so hard to get better. Yeah. And I have seen that like, and it can be quite complicated. Say someone, because this is someone I'm thinking of, have a broken foot in a boot. When you come out of the boot, it's sore to weight bear then because you have been in this walking boot but that person's picturing all oh, my bones broken in there and trying to convince them that it's safe to weight bear all the while their muscles are sort of wasting away because they're not using their leg. If they, they can't believe that their body is resilient and that pain must mean damage, it just makes it so hard to get better. So your job now is like, you've obviously got the physical side, the, the programming, but you're also in the room sort of like transmitting this belief to them and helping them i don't want to say mindset coaching but like helping them with beliefs around the pain or whatever's going on to see sort of a different future and yeah the possibility of the healing yeah and i think too like i do think there is something really powerful about lifting weights when you see what your body can do mm. and it is just it is really hard to believe your back is fragile if you can deadlift your body weight or double your body weight and you can feel, you know, your back is involved and you can feel it and then you're fine. It's so powerful. Like I can't explain how much it just makes you go like, wow, my back is fine. And it carries through. Like even when I went snowboarding, I just felt, you just feel this really, it's like, it's, it's okay. I can, it's okay. I'm going to be okay. Like even if I fall down, I'll be okay. And it's just, it's just really powerful. And I guess the fact that we can heal ourselves, it is quite amazing. Mm. Like if you get a cut and it heals. Oh yeah. It's yes. magic. Like, it is. Yeah. And so I do the human body, like we, we evolved from the earth. We, we are designed to try to stay alive. And so, and the pain is actually like an evolutionary mechanism too. So all of these things are there to help us stay alive, but you know, most things, get better mm. in time. And if you believe that, it's much easier to kind of wait it out, I guess. Yeah. And not, yeah. Not get a surgery. Like the thing with surgery and stuff, like, yes, there's a time and place, but I guess the thing is if you really believe that your body can heal and that it's designed to do that in most people, um, going in and like slicing it open and putting something in there man-made, 
it's mm. not as it's a permanent much. solution to possibly a temporary problem yeah, yeah, exactly exactly yeah yeah but which might not even solve the problem yeah yeah for sure uh talk, let's talk about your business and the in the marketing and you know how you found so you're in year two of business of your um, own i'm just it'll hit two years in july okay how how's how are you finding it and, and maybe talk about um i think one thing would be cool to hear is about your marketing and networking and i know you just ran an event and how you sort of just finding that whole side of the business separate to you know obviously serving the client and the practitionership okay so i would say physios are bad at marketing ourselves because we don't learn it at uni and um like even i'm kind of getting a cert for through prior learning and i noticed looking at the course there's a section on business like for personal trainers sorry and um, you know we don't have that and so in my first year of business i basically just relied on word of mouth and um i did build my instagram page because in kuwait we had me and alex had uh, Body Solutions, that was the brand. Um, we had an Instagram page there. So I'd done it before. But yes, I guess I found it had its limitations. So that's when I sought out you guys. And I guess the things that I, I've really been working on. So I have the email list. I need to be better at it. But I have found every time I send out an email, I'm going to say they're three monthly, I get something back from it so someone is aware of a service i offer that they didn't know about and they um reach out or they book back in for a new issue like every time i've sent one at least one has it's caused something um and then i guess i have been i have my website and i have been putting blogs out semi-regularly and then my instagram is my main my main thing i sort of post quite often and I have noticed all the things you guys say where people are lingering in the background watching everything. And then when something comes up that they might need you for, they're there. And like that, the longer that I've been going, the more that happens. Like there's these people that they have been watching, like they know exactly what I'm about. And they'll come in and they'll sort of go, oh, you know, I've seen you said this and I read this. And, you know, I've tried this, the self-implementation thing. I've tried the things you said. Mm. But it, and I can see why it would work, but I haven't quite got the balance right. Yeah. Um. So that's been good. And then I guess lately, um, I felt like I needed more offline marketing. Mm. Um. And I am introvert, and I am really bad at talking to people randomly. I can talk to someone if someone is meant to come and talk to me. I'm fine. But if it's me trying to approach someone, terrible. Um, but what I found is, well, that one-on-one -on -one and like people that, like people in my gym that I've struck, we've just struck up a conversation because we're in the same space and then we have so much in common. I've found that that's gone really well. And um, yes, I did host, I've been hosting Instagram lives because, and I, I am going to make it in a podcast. I'm going to convert the audio. And I have realized it just works so well because it's a chance for the other person to showcase their knowledge, mm. which makes both of us present positively at the end. Um, and that was what made me want to do the networking event on the weekend because I guess I must feel most comfortable with other physios. 
and health professionals. Like that's where I feel comfortable. And probably also because we speak the same language. I know exactly how to talk to them. It's fine. Um, So I thought this is at least a place to start. So I hosted a networking event for like health and rehab people on the weekend, which was so good. It went so well. How did you tell us a little bit about it? Cause I haven't heard about this yet. And I think people listening, there's, you know, we, we yammer on about offline marketing and events and stuff a lot. Uh, but it's something that I think a lot of people want to do more of and would like to do, but probably don't know how or haven't had the experience or haven't kind of seen it mapped out. Maybe just share a bit about how you did it and what, what you, what you learned from it and what, what how it went. So um, I called it We Have, like Rehab, but We. Thank you to my friend who came up with that idea, Jessamy. And um, I just marketed on social media, basically just Instagram and Facebook, um, as a way for health and rehab people to get together and talk. And then I organized two guest speakers, which, again, they were people I've never met. They're two physios in Brisbane. Off the, We just chat on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And again, like the lady, Helen, who I got to talk, she is someone who from following me, she does one of my online classes now. So uh, okay, very cool. Um, yeah. So I asked her and this other person, Steve, to talk because they both have a niche of physio that it could be quite interesting to people listening. So I asked both of them to speak for 20 minutes. And then I just sort of, and I hosted it here at the gym below parallel. And that's it. I said, you know, we're going to start at 10.15 and they'll talk for 20 minutes each and we can hang around. People hang around till one. Like everyone was just in this like big circle. I think about 16 people came, which was so much better than I thought. Great. Um, and yeah, it was really good. Like everyone just chatting and like, you know, people finding out where each other worked and the challenges at work. And um, it was just, you know, people thinking, oh, if I've got this type of patient, I can refer it to you and knowing what else other people offered in the area. Mm-hmm. it just it was really good and then two people came up and said we want to talk at the next one so oh good so you like, got another one planned i think i'm going to try and do three a year yeah yeah and see if they'll bring along a few more people each one will slowly exactly. go yeah and i do i really do want to do ones that are more directed at clients that will be the next step but at least doing it this way doing something i felt really comfortable with mm a good in yeah. yeah yeah you can just do both too huh you could just that's right i will do both when you yeah. need in a month i can do all of the things yeah did you side question did you record their speeches to distribute yeah. that stuff as well so i recorded it i didn't know how else to do it i recorded it on zoom and the quality is so bad but at least i have the audio yeah um so i'm going to use descript to get the audio out and do something with it so if you're listening, would you, uh, Francis is also a weapon at distribution of content. So what that means is if you say you film a video, right? Like we're doing this podcast right now on Zoom, you can get the audio file and then you can use this program called Descript and that it will transcribe it for you. And then you can use elements of that transcription into Instagram posts or emails and Basically, Francis is running like a marketing machine, starting to build this content machine with just one person. And it's great if you're busy as a way to get um, different, I would say different to Francis as well. Like 
when you use transcription the way I've seen some of your stuff, um, it's not what everyone else is doing. Do you know what I mean? Like it's kind of unique as well, which is pretty cool. Okay. Oh, well, that's good. Um, and I want, I do, you can get the audio, as you would know, the audio file. I was thinking of maybe I do want to do a podcast and I'm thinking, you know, the audio files from the Instagram lives I've done and maybe that I could put them on there, like better than nothing. Oh yeah. But next time I do it, I'm going to record it on something that's better quality. I don't know why it was so like this quality. I can see you and I here right now is good. But yeah. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. Maybe just for an hour. Yeah. Yeah. It could have just been the setup somehow. Yeah. So what else is next for you? You mentioned you finished uni in July. Yes. So what else is on this year? Um, I guess I just feel like uni will free up hours a week of mental space and time and energy. So um, I do still want to attract new clients, um, but I think it would be approaching a point where I have enough and the things I've put in place already will get enough because I really want to run courses or some, not even, I just want to have a few other options there that don't mean that I have to be physically at work all the time. So our sort of thing. Yeah. Yes. Um, and like my end goal is to have my own, my own little place. I want to have my own little physio space that has a few rooms at the back, put like a dietitian and a psychologist in there as well. Um, and I guess when I have that, I want it to be busy enough that I could say hire like a exercise physiologist or something to run the classes. And so then if I was not at work, it would go on without me. <laughs> and so I have to make sure it gets busy enough that I can do that. Um, but I guess I do feel like if things keep going as they are, it hopefully will get there naturally from just an attracting client point of view. And I really do want to try and do some stuff outside mm. um, like running. Yeah. Running courses for like I teach Les Mills classes, this group fitness class. And um, when you go to one, the instructors ask at the start, any injuries or anything. And I want to do like education sessions for, the instructors sort of saying, well, these are the top five things that people might have. Mm -hmm. This is what you might advise them. And if you can't advise them, send them to physio, you know, that sort of thing. So I just, and I mean, like Alex is, I use her as a bit of an idol on these things, but, you know, I noticed that she's run courses like that for Pilates teachers and then she puts them on her website and there might be like a pay-per-view or something, stuff like that. Yeah. I have a few other physio idols out there that I've looked in, that's where I want to go. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Okay, great. So I think the only other uh, question I have, and we can go more if you have some other things you'd like to cover, but, you know, if someone's listening and they are a physio and they're under the umbrella of somebody else, they're working or, you know, a lot of what you said might resonate also with, it could be a personal trainer, it could be a movement coach, it could be uh, osteo, chiro, it could be any practitioner under someone's banner that 
they're thinking already like, you know, this isn't going to be forever and I, I want to explore a different way of doing things or I want to set up my own yeah. space in the next year or two. Is there anything that you would share with them based off of your kind of first couple of years to help with confidence or help that idea? Um, I think, I think at least having a fair bit of experience under your belt would be a good idea first. So you can get a bit of an idea of what you do, what you want and what you don't in your business, because my ideas are not going to be the same as everyone. Like I like having these really long appointment times and I've got so much time to run through things with people. Mm -hmm. Um, that won't be everyone's deal, but you can figure that out for yourself if you work for a few different people. And I would say, this is just for me, but the fact that I started small, like renting a room in a gym, mm. there's no, like there's almost no overheads that I all, I, I barely needed to buy anything either. Um, so it at least gives you a chance to kind of try, try it. Very low risk. Yeah. But that's, that's my personality, low risk. Yeah. Um, I, so I guess those things, and I do think doing it if possible, somewhere where you've lived for a while and you are already known in the community mm. would be really worthwhile. So they're probably my... Did you find that or had you been away for so long that that wasn't relevant? It's both. So like, I think it's been harder because so my mum's friends has been huge for me. I know it sounds okay. unexpected, but they make up all of my bone density classes and then they will refer their friends and everything. If I didn't have that, I actually think I would have had to just give up. Um, so that's been really good. But outside of that, yet yeah, no one has any idea. I've yeah. been gone for seven years. Yeah. So no one knows and I'm slowly building. Mm. Um, but if the pair, yeah, if my mum's friends hadn't existed, that wouldn't have happened at all. I, I've thought that a lot. If I was in Melbourne and I tried to start this, no way. Mm. That's just me as an introvert. Yeah, and, and you never know like that urgency because you just ran an event, right? You might have gone, you might have just done that sooner because you had to. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing as well. There's been no urgency. It's coming now, but there's up until now, it's been pretty relaxed. Yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay, anything else you want to talk about or add into the conversation? Um. No, I just, I, well, I have found that you and Ruby very helpful. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, it's been a pleasure to watch your journey so far and yeah, exciting to see what comes next in terms like, of the yeah. offerings. I think having accountability too, like, and the fact I can talk to someone about it because as a sole trader, it's literally just me. Mm. And I've made these physio friends, which is great. I can chat to physio stuff about them with them, but none of them have their own, own business. And it's good to just be able to yeah, talk to you and others in the group. We're all in the same position and I like having st structure yeah. around it. And I really love, there's so many things that you've talked about that I want to implement, but I really like that, that idea of the, the different types we did in the last one-on-one, -on -one, the different types of marketing and yes. it's like have them on a um, time thing where it's sort of the different types and then how often you want to get them out and it's just streamlined. Mm. That is the best. Yeah. So, yeah. Systems to make it easier. Make yeah. Sure. Yeah, totally. Okay. Well, thank you so much for sharing. It's been really great to hear more about your story. And I even learned uh, more that I didn't know as well. So that was cool. And I will put your 
website and of course your Instagram handle into the show notes. But do you want to quickly just speak to where people would go to find your work? Um, so yeah, the website is fkbphysio.com. And then my Instagram is also at fkbphysio. They're probably the two. They're my main ones. Okay, cool. Well, thank you for that. And if you are listening, uh, jump over and connect with Francis and say hello and check out the website, especially if you're in this sort of space. It's always good to connect with like-minded people. And if you enjoyed the episode, feel free to forward it to someone else you might think would benefit from it or subscribe to the podcast. It's the most helpful thing you can do for us. Thanks again, Francis. That was awesome. Thank you.